This episode of Reading Women is brought to you by the House of Chanel. For Gabrielle Chanel, reading was a refuge which allowed her to invent her own destiny right from childhood. Literature became a passion she shared with the love of her life, Boy Capel, and her friends like Cocteau Colette, Pierre Riverdi, and Max Jacob. She helped the authors she admired without them knowing. She had the story of her life told by Paul Morand, Louise de Villemorin, and Michel Dion. She read for inspiration and then became an inspiration herself. Watch the film Gabrielle Chanel and Literature at InsideChanel.com. I'm Kendra Winchester, here with Sati Argerbright, Jacqueline Masters, and Samaya Nassim, and this is Reading Women, a podcast inviting you to reclaim half the bookshelf by discussing books written by or about women. This is episode 101, where we are talking about the winners of the 2020 Reading Women Award. You can find a complete transcript and a list of all of the books mentioned today linked in our show notes, and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Today, everyone, the magic is happening. All four co-hosts are on the line at the same time. Woo! Yes. <laughs> we are here. <laughs> so until now, uh, we have always used the editing magic to make it happen. And But this is the first time we're actually all together on the same call, which is amazing. It's really cool all to be together at one time. Absolutely. Love it. It's very welcoming feeling like we're all in this same virtual room together, especially at the moment. So in our previous two episodes, we talked about our short list for nonfiction and fiction separately. And uh, we had a great time sharing all of those. It's been a wonderful process this year to read so many amazing books in a dumpster fire of a year. (laughs) Yeah, books have brought us so much relief this year, Um, and the lists that we have are incredible. All right, so today we are going to name the winners, Um, but before we name the winners, we thought it would be good to go over all the books that were nominated for this year's uh, award. So we'll start with nonfiction. So the books on our nonfiction shortlist are In the Dream House by Carmen Maria Machado, out from Grey Wolf, White Tears, Brown Scars by Ruby Hamad, Out from Catapult, The Dragons, The Giant, The Women by Wayetu Moore, Out from Grey Wolf Press, Conditional Citizens by Leila Lalami, Out from Pantheon, Minor Feelings by Kathy Park Hong, Out from One World, and The Undocumented Americans by Carla Cornejo Villavicencio, Out from One World. And the winner of the 2020 Nonfiction Award is In the Dream House by Carmen Maria Machado, out from Grey Wolf. Yay! Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is very exciting. I think the moment that I started reading this book, I knew it was magic. Like you have that feeling, you know, that you get when you start reading a great book and you're like, oh, this is going to be a great book. A hundred percent. I, I, I really, I was pushed to read this because, um, it started just popping up within our co-hosts kind of, um, 
chat that, oh, this is going to be a good contender for the Reading Women Award. And so I picked it up and I immediately felt the same way, just like, oh, yeah, this is going to be uh, a really strong contender for this year. Yeah. And I listened to the book, uh, you know, for the same reason as Sachi when, you know, it was being highlighted by everyone. And so I listened to the audio, which is narrated by the author herself, and she does such a beautiful job. And her voice, you know, the way that she tells the story, it is it's incredible. And it was completely, you know, like swept uh, up into the narrative. Really, really incre- incredible work. And I think because this is a book that I picked up when it first came out last year, and this was one of the first books that I put on my list of books that I wanted to, you know, put forward when we were talking about the award. And it's it's been such a standout memoir and just nonfiction title completely in my reading in the last 12 months. I, I love that you mentioned the audiobook, Samaya, because I also listened to the audio. And because the uh, structure is so innovative and the way that she writes the story um, is so new, it, it, it's a very interesting take on the memoir and the way that uh, Carmen Maria Machado structures this book as a series of like essays. Um, that make up this memoir. It just her voice lends to the storytelling, and uh, I just, I just, I just loved every minute of it. I think the structure. It's interesting to to consider the structure itself because that's something that I see popping up in so many discussions and interviews and reviews that people share about this book. Because I think memoir is such an exciting genre for so many reasons at the moment. There's so many great books coming out, but I think this just does something so incredibly different um, and really exciting. And there's pockets within it that do really exciting things like using choose your own adventure uh, as a format within it was really clever things like that yeah and I I read about that as well and I think I missed out on that particular you know choose your own adventure type of narrative form that she's played with um, because I was listening entirely on audio so I think that having a print copy would be really helpful while if you are listening to the book on audio and you know I love the way that she just completely reinvented the form and you know the way that she focuses on the dream house from different perspectives so it's like this kaleidoscopic view of the dream house there's so many different genres within this one book and that's really what makes it have such a wide scope and such a wide range um, in the way that she's addressing the issue. I feel like too, it's, it's really hard to describe, you know, uh, I think we've mentioned multiple times on this episode, you know, and, and even in previous episodes about how different of a memoir and how special of a memoir this is. And I had heard previously from various people on bookstagram and such that this is like very different than any other memoir. Um, it's very quote unquote, like maybe experimental is the the word that I've seen used. Um, but I feel like I didn't really get it until I picked it up. So I think that's one of the greatest things about us highlighting it, uh, um, highlighting and choosing it as the winner this year is that hopefully people, um, will pick it up and see for themselves how incredibly special and different this is. Um, because it, I feel like it's, it's something you need to experience to truly like appreciate and understand. One of the things that I really love about this book is how, you know, this book is out from an indie press, you know, it's out in the world. And the way that Carmen Marie Machado shows her range in this book is incredible because 
each essay like is structured a little differently in and of itself. And we talk a lot about structure, but typically when I think of a memoir, it's like, you know, beginning to end of the story. It's very linear, but the way that she writes it is like, she's giving you all of these pieces of the puzzle and eventually you get to see the whole picture. And I think the way that that is consistent throughout the memoir is really an achievement. I mean, you see it at the end. Yeah. And it looks great, but the work that went in to get there, she makes it look easy, which means that she had to work really hard, you know, to, um, to put it together. And I think the way that she handles it handles a very difficult topic of, um, emotional, uh, and physical abuse within a relationship, within a queer relationship. Um, it's just so well done and uh, it really deserves all of the accolades. Yeah. And you know, the, the wide range that she's referencing with all of the stories, the pop culture references, and even the academic works, um, what she does is like she's creating this archive that is ultimately going to help people kind of, you know, make sense of this particular trauma and how it's been represented and dealt with in the past and, you know, how we can talk about it. So it's really contributing to that, uh, you know, canon um, of understanding and investigating intimate partner violence in queer communities. I also really liked how this imagery of the house really translated in the language that she used within the the individual parts, like the the language of component parts to a house, like the the built environment parts. Um, And maybe given my background and what I do for a job, I, I just found that a particularly exciting thing to see coming through in literature and in the very literal language that she's using to to build the memoir. And she, it's like she's furnishing the dream house. It's like she's giving you this picture because each chapter is titled the dream house as blank. And so it's giving you this single idea of the dream house and then expanding on all the different things that that is. And I think when you're talking about a relationship like the one that she experienced, there is that first magical moments of the relationship, but then it's you slowly begin to see things often even before she does in that moment as you know as readers it's just really well done with all of its different pieces and we keep talking about structure and how innovative it is but I think really the experience really is like you just have to read it you know yeah I mean you begin with this fairy tale and then you know with each part of the house like all the different views of the house kind of show you how with time and with the progress of the relationship it's also like decomposing and becoming you know like worse than it used to be so we're seeing that uh, you know the the movement of the dream house as well one of the things that she captures is when you're in a relationship like that you don't realize it in that moment you don't really understand what that relationship was until you're out of it. And then she also has these moments where, you know, she's thinking back on it and something will remind her of that abusive relationship and it comes back. And I think that is something that a lot of um, particularly women have experienced in relationships like that, uh, that you have like that voice in your head of the person that you used to be in a relationship with and how that kind of haunts you. And that haunting is, is woven throughout the book as well, where you can see that this has deeply affected her in the way that she sees herself. And that's something that she has, has to work through. And I think this memoir is, is part of that. So again, the winner is In the Dream House by Carmen Maria Machado out from Grey Wolf Press. 
And Sachi, did you want to talk us through the books that were on our fiction shortlist? Yes, I would love to. So um, before we announce the winner for our uh, fiction category, um, our nominees are The Yield by Tara June Winch, and that's out from Harper Via. The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett, and that's out from Riverhead. How Much of These Hills is Gold by C. Pam Zhang. This is also from Riverhead. Even As We Breathe by Annette Sanuk Clapsaddle, and that's out from University of Kentucky Press. Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo, and that's out from Grove Press. And Against the Loveless World by Susan Abuhala, out from Atria Books. So those are our nominees, and I believe Sumaya will be announcing our winner. So our winner for the fiction category this year is Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo. Yay! I'm very excited. So exciting. <laughs> it's hard not. It's hard to cheer when you don't want to like <laughs> I blow know. out everyone's ears. And I, I forgot to unmute myself for a second too, so I was like, "Oh gosh!" <laughs> I'm very, very excited about this book, and I understand like a lot of people are very excited about this book, but you know, I was revisiting it. Um, just prepping for this and I was like man this book really is that good yeah I I read this one a while ago now I feel and so um I did kind of skim through it uh before this episode and it just I don't I can't even we picked two winners where you can't even explain like how wonderful (laughs) it is because it's so different than anything I at least I've read before and so uh, similar to what I said about the previous winner I think it's just like you got to read it for yourself to see how fantastic it is and hopefully us highlighting it specifically as a winner will compel people at least our listeners uh, to pick it up. Yeah, and I read it very recently and, you know, like it took me a few uh, chapters to get into it. But once I was in, I, you know, like I just flew through it. Uh, There's no stopping reading this book. And I didn't even realize when I'd read like over 450 pages. So it's really one of those books where once you're in, you know, you're completely captured by the narrative and the voices and just the, the, the scope and the beauty of this incredible novel. And something that I really liked about this was similar to our nonfiction pick, actually. I enjoyed reading it as an experience and from a narrative perspective, but I think structure was something that played so much of a part in why I loved it so much. I think it's just doing something so clever and so innovative, and it's something that I really hope to see more of um, in fiction writing. Yeah, there's this fluidity, you know, in the form. It, it flows like poetry you know it's like a deep inhale sometimes and what I really love is the way that that fluidity is also translating in the you know in the different themes in this book so like we are seeing fluidity in the form and also sexuality gender in class um, and also in the way that the lives of these different women are you know like interconnected and flowing from one to the other so that was really beautiful to experience. And I think that that fluidity that you mentioned, Samaya, lends itself to the topic of the book, which is the fluidity of gender and identity 
and uh, what it means to be a woman. Um, and we've talked about how Bernie Neveristo has talked about woman with an X because it extends what the idea of what it means to be a woman. We often view, are you a woman, as a yes or no question, but really it's a bit more fluid than that. It's not really a box as much as it is like a just an area that you, you know, like a Venn diagram. And some people, you know, identify as neither a man nor a woman. Some people identify as both. There's lots of different ways that gender, um, you know, manifests itself. And I really appreciate that about this book is that each woman is different. Um, each person I should say is different because there is a non-binary character as well in here. And so I really appreciate that because it really, um, leans into that idea of fluidity and it's all throughout the whole book and uh, it's beautiful. Just picking up on this theme of fluidity that we're talking about, one of the other things that I thought was really clever in this was the way that time and place was so fluid as well. Like this book covers a period of about a hundred years between all of the different perspectives that we're following and the characters just keep overlapping and there's so many points of connection between them. I thought that was something that was really well done as well. Yeah, uh, while I was reading this, I started looking forward to kind of piecing together how a particular character was related to another one. And so that mystery and, you know, that another thing was kind of really exciting to experience as well. And just, you know, the, the range of voices that we have in this book and how she brings them to life, I think is, uh, you know, is a brilliant achievement um, in this book. Yeah, I was also going to mention, kind of piggybacking on what you what you said, Samaya, just the the amount of variety and intersectionality and just the array of the voices um, that are featured in this book. If you're someone who loves, you know, books by or from multiple points of view or different perspectives, or if you like having um, different kind of POVs interconnecting and mingling with each other and uh, kind of, yeah, just really spacing out how each character is kind of related to one another, that type of thing. Um, I really like those types of books. And so on top of the really you know, important and great conversation around gender fluidity um, and things like that. You also have just this, uh, we were kind of revisiting the structure again, this uh, incredible structure that is so interwoven and features so many different voices, which I think makes the, the, the book very special. And I think that, you know, this book and the way that it features women, queer women of all different kinds, and particularly of black women living in the UK, these are such important stories to tell, but also have been much needed for a long time. And, you know, we've talked a lot about this book this year, you know, amongst ourselves. And, you know, it, it was really disappointing to see that the first black woman who won the booker also had to share it with someone um, for weird reasons. And that was incredibly disappointing because this book is so good on its own and, and should have been seen and, and respected as that. Also here in America, I, I don't really see it uh, every places. You know, I don't see it out and about. It should be read and loved by so many people and deserves so much more attention here in particular. That That's one of the reasons we wanted to feature it is because it, it's just that good and it deserves all of the accolades. And I mean, right, it just really goes back to that. It's just that good. And we want to see more people find it and love it. And the great thing is Bernadine Evaristo has such a 
backlist that everyone can now go back and read. She's been writing for 40 years and this is sort of the the first major award that has kind of put her on the literary landscape for a lot of people. There's people that are now finding her via this book um, and diving back into her backlist. But one of the things that I've seen her comment on a lot in interviews about the the booker is that um, this is such a, an inspiration for a lot of older women and older writers that are you know, that have been working on books for years and maybe haven't found traction with an audience or, um, you know, she's not just the first black woman to win the prize, she's the first black British writer to win the prize. Uh, so there's there's a lot of things that this book does and um, represents that is, is just exciting to see. Those were our thoughts on Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo, which is published by Gruff Press in the U.S., and it's our winner for the fiction category this year. Very excited about that. Uh, cheering very much on the inside. <laughs> um, this is also the fifth anniversary of the Reading Woman Award, which is mind-blowing. I mean, we've had such great winners like Pachinko by Min Jin Lee and Hunger by Roxane Gay, uh, Cantoras by Carolina de Robertis, and just so many more. So to celebrate, we have something special. So we're really excited to announce that we have partnered with the Ideal Bookshelf by Jane Mount, um, and they will be selling uh, some some prints and other merchandise uh, featuring our um, five years of winners for um, both the fiction and nonfiction categories. So these can be available for purchase um, via the link in our, our bio and, and other places. We'll obviously be advertising this because uh, it's very exciting. I, I think our team has seen some of the, the the print or the examples of the samples and things of the prints. And I think we can all attest that they, you know, it looks gorgeous. <laughs> I'm very, very excited um, about this. Uh, Jane Mount does an incredible job um, with, with her art. Um, and hopefully uh, everyone listening is very excited, as excited as we are. And um, we'll go out to the Ideal Bookshelf and purchase these. So we've already mentioned earlier in this episode that we are moving to an international theme for 2021. Um, but yeah, that's something we're really excited to be doing. And it'll be in conjunction with our monthly themes that we have for the podcast episodes. And we're looking to bring you a even bigger range of books that we talk about next year and books that are available in different markets. And hopefully that'll help us extend our reach of authors that we can profile and highlight for you. And we also have our Reading Woman Challenge for 2021, which is out now, the time you're listening to this. And we will also be focusing on international um, or international theme there as well. And so the prompts will be geared towards that. And for our 2021 monthly themes as well. We are very excited to have uh, all of this together. And 2021, uh, hopefully, <laughs> will be a very excellent year. <laughs> I'm just thinking with bar solo. Like it really can't be worse than 2020 was. <laughs> like, let's be real. <laughs> God. I know. I don't want to jinx it because like really. If, if it is, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle it. <laughs> All right. So before we go, we have a few updates about the podcast. This podcast started as two women sharing books with their friends. 
now it has grown and we have women volunteering their time from all around the world as more women have contributed and shared their perspective. This podcast has become about so much more than gender. It's also about the intersections of identities such as race, ethnicity, class, sexuality, religion, and ability. So in that vein, we're changing our tagline from Reclaim Half the Bookshelf to just Reclaim the Bookshelf. And for our 2021 theme, we're adding Read the World. So we will have Reclaim the Bookshelf, Read the World. And we think this better fits who we are now and how we have grown. And in the wake of transphobic comments from JK Rowling, it's important to state that trans women are women. Non-binary folks are non-binary folks. Trans exclusionary feminism is unacceptable. Reading Women stands with trans people and we would never want our mission to be construed as excluding anyone. So in addition to changing our tagline and focusing on an international theme, this coming year, we're also going to focus on featuring more trans authors, including books from other marginalized genders. I'm, I'm very excited about this. There are so many great things that we have planned for 2021. Um, so I'm so excited for the season to start in January. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to all of the books next year. Me too. But first, we have a well-deserved rest. We will have a break from our our typical break from the middle of December to uh, roughly the middle of January. So make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter and following us on social media so you have the most updated information about um, our return dates, etc. Well, everyone, where can listeners find you all about the internet? So I'm Samaya, and you can find me on Instagram at samaya.books and on Twitter at samayabooks. Uh, this is Sachi. You can find me at uh, on Instagram at sachireads. This is Jacqueline, and you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and BookTube at Six Minutes for Me. And I'm Kendra, and you can find me at KD Winchester. That's K as in Kite, D as in Dylan Winchester. Uh, And that's our show. If you haven't yet, please leave us a review in your podcast app of choice. And thank you to all of you who've done so already. Many thanks to our patrons whose support makes this podcast possible. To subscribe to our newsletter or to learn more about becoming one of our patrons, please visit us at readingwomenpodcast.com. Join us next time in the new year when we'll have new themes all centered around reading women around the world. In the meantime, you can find Reading Women on Instagram and Twitter at The Reading Women. Thank you so much for listening.